I'm going to tell you what the media is getting wrong about the coverage of the Donald Trump indictments. Also, should Taylor Swift postpone her concerts in Los Angeles? We'll talk about it. And my new editorial, if red wins, pink should leave. You're going to hear it. Uncensored. Unfiltered. Unhinged. It's the Corel Cast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. It is the Corel Cast. I am Corel. So very glad you are joining me. All right, yesterday was another international embarrassment as Donald Trump faces his not one, not two, not but third uh, indictment on criminal charges. 74 felonies total in all of the indictments. These four, the worst ones, uh, and as many people who were victims of January 6th, the people, the first responders said they would have preferred this happened January 7th. Uh, But now we're getting around to it. Uh, and, of course, he was his same self afterwards, uh, you know, talking about the graffiti in Washington, D.C., and how it wasn't the same town that he, you know, was running. Uh, and, of course, saying it's a witch hunt and all that. Uh, but I watched a lot of coverage. I don't often watch the news anymore because it's all just blather. Uh, but the first thing, when I was at No Butcher, my fa- one of my favorite places to eat lunch here in Las Vegas, No Butcher, uh, which is a vegan deli. It's wonderful. It's so good. Uh, I was there trying their new Thai uh, sandwich, but I got it as a salad because I'm trying to lose weight. Uh, And so I was there, and I at uh, like what it was going to be at one o'clock. So at 12:30, I was there, and I turned on my iPhone and and got the video feed going of CBS News, and they were actually covering uh, one of Trump's former attorneys who was out front equating everything that happened to Donald Trump to Hunter Biden. Oh, this happens in the Hunter Biden case, and the next day this happens to Donald Trump. And she went through this whole litany. And I'm like, seriously? You're going to stand there? And you're, and first, people are giving her airtime. CBS News is giving her airtime for this drivel, for this unfounded, ridiculous talking points that every time something happens in the Hunter Biden case, Donald Trump suffers. Uh, and I started to think about how the media is getting this entire coverage uh, of Donald Trump wrong. Uh, they're, just, they're just getting it wrong. Uh, and let me tell you why. I have heard the word unprecedented about 5,327 times in the last 24 hours. It's unprecedented that charges are unprecedented, unprecedented. Okay, let's be very clear here. It is not unprecedented for the Justice Department to indict people that commit crimes. In fact, it is so not unprecedented, it's almost as if that's what they were meant to do, right? The purpose of the Department of Justice or of the courts, the purpose is to indict people of the whole grand jury system. Their purpose is to indict criminals. So it is certainly not unprecedented for charges to be brought against an alleged criminal. That is not unprecedented. It literally happens every day in every state and in every federal court. Every day, a criminal is indicted. So it is not unprecedented. What is unprecedented and how they should change the dialogue, since all I hear about is how the Republicans are pushing this lack of... Uh, trust in the Department of Justice, in the FBI, 
Well, where is that coming from, media? From you saying it's unprecedented for the Department of Justice or for the FBI or whatever. No, it is not. They do it every day. They bring federal charges against people every freaking day. What is unprecedented is for a United States president, current or former, to commit the crimes. That's what's unprecedented. Donald Trump's behavior is unprecedented. Not the charging of his behavior, not the taking him to trial, not the actual punishing him. That's not unprecedented. That happens to motherfuckers every single day of the year, okay? But it's because of who he was when he committed the crimes and who he is now. That's unprecedented. It's unprecedented that a president commits treason and espionage and that the United States people have to actually charge him with a crime. That's what's unprecedented. It is not unprecedented for them to do it. What's unprecedented is who they had to do it to and his actions. We've got to turn this dialogue around and back to him. You know what? Republicans and the religious right over the last 10 years have done an excellent job of making the victim or making the actual good guy the bad guy. They've made that their stock in trade. Vilify the good guy. Put the good guy on trial in the court of public opinion. That way you deflect from the bad guy. We have to turn this around in all areas of life and stop letting bad people off the hook because the minute you call them on it, suddenly you're the bad guy. Jack Smith is a special prosecutor. It's his job to indict bad guys. He is not a bad guy. He is not a political operative on a witch hunt. It is time we stop this entire dialogue of letting them turn it around. Turn it around on the good guy. And they've done a really great job of it. You know what? For instance, the word groomer. I have now heard that so many times. Groomer, groomer, groomer. When they talk about gays, bi, trans, gay prides are grooming kids to be gay. Groomer, groomer, groomer. They're just throwing it at the gays. When in reality, they're the groomers. They're the ones teaching their kid this fairy tale from the minute the kid can walk. They're the ones teaching him about the invisible guy in the sky and his set of rules. That's grooming. They're the ones that groom their children to eat meat and dairy when it's bad for them and bad for the planet. They are the ones who groom their kids that guns are okay. They are the groomers. They are the worst groomers. They groom people to do horrible things, terrible things, mass shootings. Those people come from groomers. The groomers who say an AR-15 is more important than saving human lives. The groomers, the Catholic Church is the groomer. The Catholic Church that says, you know, even now that gay marriage is an abomination, but they do nothing about pedophile priests. They're the groomers, but they have turned it around that the gays and the bi's and the trans, the 17-year-old that killed O'Shea Sibley was groomed by his parents, was groomed by the church, and groomed by the media to hate gays and lesbians. 
He was groomed into that. He wasn't born into it. He was groomed into it by the side that dares to call me and others a groomer. Donald Trump is an evil, evil person who has committed terrible crimes in public. He and his actions are what is unprecedented. Not the trials, not the indictments. Those happen every single freaking day. You know what's unprecedented? Not taking his mugshot. That's unprecedented. You know what's unprecedented? Closing down courthouses for a defendant. That's unprecedented. Treating him so special. That's unprecedented. This man is a common criminal. I don't care what office he held. He is a common criminal and should be treated as such. But it is not unprecedented. What's unprecedented is for a president to be indicted for these crimes because of their behavior. The indictment is not unprecedented. Their behavior is unprecedented. And we need to get that dialogue straight. We need to turn it around in every single aspect of our lives. You need to stop people when they say, well, it's unprecedented to prosecute. No, it's not. What's unprecedented is for someone in his position to commit these crimes. That's unprecedented. What's unprecedented is for a seated president to not want to cede power and not want to have a peaceful transition of power. That's unprecedented. What's unprecedented is for a president to cause a riot and a coup in the United States. That's unprecedented. Punishing the person, not unprecedented. Taking them to court, not unprecedented. Pressing charges against them, not unprecedented. Happens every day. People get charges pressed, people go to court, people go to jail. That's not unprecedented. What is, is his behavior. Let's be very clear about that. His behavior is unprecedented. He is an abomination. Make your device a whole lot smarter. Get the Corelcast app free at the app store of your choice now. You know, I want to move on here to the Taylor Swift and the union question, since also SAG-AFTRA is striking and Riders Union, hotel workers in California and Los Angeles and Orange County. But I do think it's important that we acknowledge that we do live in a time where good guys are vilified and bad people are rewarded. And if we don't stop that, then we're doomed. Okay? And I mean that. If we don't stop that, we are completely and totally doomed. You know, Safeway in the Bay Area has been, uh, it's in the paper, it's in the Chronicle, San Francisco Chronicle, that they're overcharging people for groceries. And it's not the first time that they've done it. Now, I just went to Walmart and all I bought was fruit. And I spent $35. A pineapple, bananas, strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, two avocados, two tomatoes, and one red onion. 
All of that should have been under $10. But it was $35. $5 for strawberries in the middle of summer. $5 for blackberries. $5 for blueberries. There's $15 right there for three berries. That is, that's ridiculous. You know, bananas, $2 for a bunch of bananas. That was okay. But, you know, avocados, a dollar each. That's ridiculous. They should be a quarter. So everybody is overcharging for food, but Safeway is really overcharging for food. They're, they're mismarking it and making millions of dollars. They're bad guys. Okay? They are bad guys, and they should be called bad guys. We have to start vilifying the right people. We vilify all the wrong people. You know, Lizzo came out today and said that these accusations against her are ridiculous, and I believe her. You know, she would never body shame someone, fat shame someone. She just wouldn't do it. I believe her. And yet people are already vilifying her. See, she's a lying fat bitch. She says one thing in public, and then behind the scenes, she's just as bad. No. No. You know, we need to start making sure that people get, that people that deserve our disdain are the ones that are getting it, not the ones who don't deserve it. Donald Trump deserves our disdain because never has a president done what he did. The Justice Department doesn't. Jack Smith doesn't. The judges don't. The prosecutors don't. They're the good guys. Donald Trump is not some innocent victim. He is a bad guy. Mike Pence himself is now talking about how he should not be president again because he spat on the Constitution. Mike Pence is a key witness against Donald Trump, and he is out there saying right now, yes, he, he did not ask me to pause. He asked me to ignore the will of the people. So Mike Pence is starting to nail into, into Donald's coffin because it's the right thing to do even if you're a Republican, especially if you're a Republican. I don't understand. Well, they want to appeal to his base. If, he, if anyone that supports him supports a criminal, that's like saying you want to appeal to Charles Manson's base or Hitler's base. No. No. You know, they're not the bad guys the prosecutors, the lawyers. They're the good guys. The bad guys are the people that support Donald Trump. Why don't we start vilifying them? Why doesn't the Republican Party and Democrat Party vilify people that follow Donald Trump? If you support this man, you are anti-American. We've had anti-American committees in this country. Why isn't every Trump supporter looked into as anti-American? Because they are. I am tired of feeling like I'm the bad guy because I want diversity and inclusion and equality and justice. I'm not the bad guy. You're not the bad guy. Because you want the right things. You're made to feel that way all the time. But you're not the bad guy. Speaking of bad guys, good guys. You know, the unions are on strike, SAG-AFTRA and uh, the Writers Guild. And today we found out that just like Time Warner, like, you know, HBO, you know, all of them, HBO Max, whatever it's called now, they have $4 billion in liquid cash. And they're nickel and diming the actors and everybody on residuals. That is just so ridiculous. They had to do their quarterly calls. They all have billions of dollars. 
and they're and they're refused to give actors what they want. That's just stupid. So the actors and writers are going to stay on strike. The uh, housekeepers are on strike in Los Angeles and Orange County. And the lieutenant governor of California sent Taylor Swift a note and said, would you please postpone your Los Angeles dates because uh, the you know hotel workers are on strike and you need to support them. And if you bring all these people into the Southland, her tour is a huge success. Uh, if you bring all these people into Los Angeles and Orange County, uh, then, you know, you're sort of going against the strike. You're going to fill up these hotels and these hotels are going to make a ton of money. And, you know, the workers that are working are, you know, are scabs and, you know, they're so they've asked her to postpone. I don't know what I would do if I were Taylor Swift in that situation. The fans have bought the tickets. The venues are booked. You know, this is all and to re to reschedule dates like that. This big tour to reschedule those dates would disappoint hundreds of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people. So do you disappoint hundreds of thousands of people to stand in solidarity with the hotel workers? If I were Taylor Swift, I'd give a hefty donation to the hotel workers and I'd still do the show. She's $50 million in bonuses that she's given on her show. She gave the truck drivers that drive the trucks for her concert, you know, all the staging. She gave each of them $100,000, each truck driver. They all broke down almost crying. They said it was life-changing, that it will totally change their lives. The people that run the video and the audio and all that. She gave away $50 million in bonuses to the support staff of her concert. Which, wow, she must be making a lot of money. And when you're making that much money, should you postpone the show? A lot of salaries and her camp depend upon it. So it's a tough situation to put her in. It really is. I understand them wanting her to support the hotel workers. But at the same time, what about her workers? You know, it's, it's, it's rough. If I were Taylor, I'd give a decent donation to the hotel workers and I'd still do the show. And I would stand in solidarity of them, but I'd still do the show. Encourage people to sleep in tents or something. I don't know. But it's rough. It's rough with SAG-AFTRA. They're issuing independent film uh, waivers so these films can go forward and TV shows that are independent. And so big stars are clamoring to these small projects. Well, then are they really on strike? You know, are they? Yeah, they're smaller projects and they don't have, but the real independent films are still being thrown to the wolves. And now a quote, independent movie could be starring, you know, Matt Damon. And it's like, no, that's, the very nature of a large star doing a small film makes it not an independent film anymore. It's going to be picked up. You know, strikes are, it's rough. It's rough on everybody. It's rough on the families. It's rough on the people striking. It's, it's rough. And look, the Emmys have been postponed. If, if they came to me and said, would you write the Emmys? Because you're not a member of the Writers Guild. I'm not. So would you write the Emmys? Would I? I mean, it could be a chance for fame and fortune and all that, but then I'd be harming the very people that I want to work with. Should Taylor Swift postpone? I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Comment down below. When we come back, my new editorial, if Red Wind's pink should fly the coop. Oh, yeah. You're not going to miss this, honey. 
If you're not visiting reallycorel.com daily, you're missing out. Get the podcast videos and the blog, including recipes at reallycorel.com. That's really K-A-R-E-L.com. All right, I don't normally read editorials on air, but um, A, this is at Medium, reallycorel.medium.com. Also at reallycorel.com, you can go and read this. Uh, but a lot of my friends have said it's like Time Magazine good. They're like, this, this is a good one. Uh, and so I wanted to share it with you today. Uh, and, here, and it's called, If Red Wins, a Pink Exodus Should Occur. Uh, and I just wrote it uh, on, uh, when did I write this? I wrote it Wednesday. Um, I gotta get my days mixed up. Today's Friday. It's the weekend. I hope we're going to have a good one. Uh, so here we go. People in the USA, particularly the LGBTQ community, have become numb to the very words leaders are using to describe what is going on politically and socially. Donald Trump is repeatedly called the biggest threat to the U.S. democracy, a national security risk, and an outright criminal. The GOP has groomed members for years to be hateful of gay, bi, trans, and to use all their power against any idea of equality. Ron DeSantis has openly declared war on drag queens, trans people, gay, bi people, with the district that controls Disney just this week striking down all diversity, equity, and inclusion provisions. And then O'Shea Sibley, a vibrant young black dancer, just 28, stabbed by a 17-year-old August 1st, a kid groomed by parents, politics, and church to hate gays so much that he killed one for dancing. Not in Alabama, not in the Deep South, but in New York. The writing is on the wall. America is no longer a safe place for gays. The Human Rights Campaign issued its first ever warning, an emergency declaration, after 75 anti-LGBTQ bills were signed into law in just two years. An actual state of emergency. Soon the gay community of America will qualify for refugee status in other countries. But most go about their lives thinking things will change, can change, must change. But what if they can't? What if they don't? How long do we wait to be safe and happy? I, for one, have waited a lifetime. One of the smartest men in the world, Albert Einstein, didn't believe Hitler was going to be much of a consequence. In 1930, September, 6.4 million Germans elected the National Socialist Party, Hitler's party. This party was nearly 10 times the votes that it got previously. They won 107 seats. That made them the second largest party in the Reichstag. Nazi wasn't even an insult anymore. The group was downright respectable, almost. But Einstein and many others still saw Hitler as transitory, as barely holding on. Even when Hitler rushed to power, Einstein didn't see him as an enduring threat. He was asked what he thought of Hitler in 1930, and he was quoted as saying, I do not enjoy Herr Hitler's acquaintance. He is living on the empty stomach of Germany. As soon as economic conditions improve, he will no longer be important. He thought Germany had, quote, a childish disease of the republic, and that was causing Hitler's rise. He even told Jewish organizations that any special reaction to the election results would be quite inappropriate. Hitler did have some setbacks after 1930, and Einstein was encouraged. But war was looming, and Germany was rearming. 
After World War I, they could only have 100,000 troops and no heavy armament by the Treaty of Versailles. Hitler saw things differently, however, and Einstein could see the writing on the wall. In December of 1932, he left for America and never went back to Germany. When Hitler took the oath in January of 1933, Einstein and his first cousin wife, Elsa, were in Pasadena, California. The next year, he would leave Pasadena for Belgium. He saw a pamphlet that reprinted his photograph in a collection of enemies of Nazi Germany with the caption, Not Yet Hanged. He made his first anti-Hitler comments then, saying, As long as I have any choice in the matter, I shall live only in a country where civil liberty, tolerance, and equality of all citizens before the law prevails. These conditions do not exist in Germany at the present time, with the implication that they would not do so as long as Hitler was in power. It can be easily argued that civil liberty, tolerance, and equality of all citizens no longer exist in the USA, and quite frankly, never has. I'm 60 and gay, and I never, ever have been equal in business, in government, in societal eyes. The Democrats, holding the House and Senate 17 times in my lifetime, have not codified any laws to protect me in earnest. And soon gay marriage will be repealed by the body that politicians rely upon in the USA to do their heavy controversial lifting, the Supreme Court. The court gave marriage. The court can take it away just like a woman's right to choose, affirmative action, and so much other positive change. It can all be undone, and is. So when do we as a people say enough? It's time to go to a country like Ireland, a union like the EU, or even Mexico, where our rights, our lives are protected and respected. How long do we keep hoping America will change enough for us to be safe on the streets, in our clubs, in our jobs, and neighborhoods? Are we like Einstein, simply refusing to believe until Trump wins again and suddenly all of our protections are removed? How many times do we have to be killed, voted against, legislated against, demeaned on national TV by major political figures, or attend yet another funeral before we get it? America as a whole is a, not a, self, a safe, welcoming place for us. Now, many are quick to cite polls that say a majority of people agree with same-sex marriage, disagree with drag bans, and want trans lives protected. Well, those sentiments are not being reflected in actual policies and protections because lawmakers refuse to enact them. In fact, they're passing anti-LGBTQ legislation, not pro. I know, financially, the thought of leaving the USA to most just seems out of reach. I'm sure it did to Jews in Germany in 1930, and many couldn't. They ended up in camps, dead, or shot in their homes or on the streets. Or they had to flee to neighboring countries on foot like refugees at our southern border now. I, for one, am ready to go. Blue states can't protect us from an out-of-control electorate, from killers, haters, bigots, religious zealots, and I'm tired of fighting the same fights over and over again when other nations get it more right than we do. They're not perfect, but the gay communities of Canada, Ireland, the EU, they don't live the same way that we do. They don't suffer the same way, they don't die in the numbers that we die in, and they don't die at the hand of groomed bigots all under the silent approval of an out-of-control party called Republican wrapped in the protective cloak of religion. Republicans openly carry swastikas at rallies. They idolize Putin, whose best friend in Chechnya has opened concentration camps to put suspected gays in, has killed an openly gay pop star for shaking his hand, and does so with impunity. The world is not stopping him, and more of the world turns against the gay community, including Italy and Spain, and let's not mention African nations. You know, the GOP actually sends envoys to help them with their hatred. We export hate. The gay community has suffered enough. 
It's time for as many of us can to think about leaving should the GOP take power again. Even Einstein knew when it was time to go. And I may not have his equational savvy, but I can read this formula, see the similarities, and know the outcome. If red wins, pink loses. Start exploring places to go in the world where your life will be easier. Start looking for jobs, houses, for ways to make it work. Band together with friends if you have to. Pool your economic resources. The wealthy and able Jews like Einstein left. They got out. If you're able, I'm telling you, it's time to be prepared to leave. You may think it's unfathomable, but what's unfathomable is staying in a country turning to fascism, theocratic rule, and white cisgendered male ideologies of old. They don't want us here. And maybe it's time we evaluate why we stay. Read the rest at reallycorel.com. I am Corel. Be who you want to be so long doesn't hurt anybody. Have a great weekend. I love you. And there is more of it, by the way. So read that at reallycorel.com or reallycorel.medium.com. Okay? Go. Read the rest. Maybe I'll read the rest to my patrons. Hey, How about it's Corel. Amber and I would like to thank you for joining us today and remind you there's a way to never miss a thing. And that's by subscribing right now to my YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button below or go to youtube.com forward slash reallycorel. That's youtube.com forward slash reallycorel for a world of great free content. And that content is kept free by the fabulous group of patrons at Patreon. Why not become one and show your support for the show? Just $5 a month or more and you're in. Go to patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. That's patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. My website is reallycorel.com and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, reallycorel. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free CorelCast app at the app store of your choice. And then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free CorelCast app. Remember, I am Corel. Be who you want to be so I'm not going to hurt anybody. And subscribe and participate today.